If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in this reading. We are in the Gospel according to Luke. It's the first chapter. We're in verses 67 to 79. You might have your Bible app um, or you can follow along on the screen. And we are in our new series today that starts off God's original Christmas carols. And we are starting with Zachariah's song. You know, um, music invokes many emotions and feelings with us, whether it is praise and glory, whether it might be sorrow or grief. And we just finished our Life Song 4.0 series. And um, what better way to go into the Advent? And you might think of original Christmas carols as things like Silent Night, Holy Night, or... Um, Come all you faithful or joy to the world. But we're going back and looking at scripture and what God says was the, the songs, the songs of Mary and the angels and Zechariah and uh, Simeon and Anna. So let us read God's word. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace." This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Father God, get me out of the way. We feel your presence here. Continue to reveal yourself to us. Thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So blessings are spoken loudly in silence and waiting. Although I'm not so sure my brother Zechariah would agree with me completely. You see, he's a priest during the days of Herod, the king of Judea. And as we all know, he's not a very pleasant guy. See, Zechariah is from the order of Abjagen. Descendants of Aaron, and oh, he hit the jackpot because he's married to Elizabeth, one of the daughters of the priestly line of Aaron. This is considered a rare and wonderful thing to a priest because she would know the demands of the priesthood. 
Both are righteous before God and they deeply love the Lord, have lived honoring him and keeping his commandments. By all human perspective, this is the perfect couple. Yet, when we meet them in Luke, they're seasoned adults with many years, and Elizabeth has never been able to conceive a child. This must have been painful for them. Through their years, there have been many prayers. I'm sure there's been many tears. There's been pressure from society and from family to have children and that cultural stigma of being barren. But Zechariah and Elizabeth are in good company. Like their forefathers and foremothers, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Rachel, Elkahan and Hannah. Not being able to have a child to continue that family lineage. But God shows up. And he provides a child to each one of them miraculously. And Zechariah and Elizabeth are about to receive their miracle. This morning, I want us to travel with Zechariah on this nine months journey of being silent and waiting before the Lord. See, Zechariah was a priest and he had a lot of duties that were expected of him. Priests were expected to offer incense or sacrifices to take care of the temple, to bless the Lord's name and to make sure incense was always burning before the Lord at all times. See, there were thousands and thousands of priests at this time. And they were divided into clans. And each clan um, served at the temple twice a year. And they did it for a week-long period. Yet serving and offering incense was performed once in a priest's life. Many priests could go years and years without serving temple duty. Yet Zechariah's name is drawn And he was assigned to offer incense, which was this major once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, this privilege that he had probably anticipated his whole life. See, in offering incense, he would be just outside the veil behind which was the Holy of Holies. This is where the Shekinah glory of God's presence was manifest. It was so important that only the high priest got close enough to the revealed presence of God. A priest was chosen to offer incense was described as being rich and holy for the rest of their life. And I imagine this is something that Zechariah and all of those priests envisioned and imagined for themselves, waiting for their name to be called And disappointed when their name wasn't. But also having hope for the future. It reminds me of this time when I was about 12 years old. And I was chosen to read the birth of Christ during the Christmas play. 
and I thought, I have arrived. No more being a cow or some other animal or playing an angel again. I get to read the birth story. And I could have easily been passed over for somebody else, but I was given this opportunity. And for a 12-year-old girl, it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime moment. And it happened to me. See, I practiced and I memorized this passage and I presented it as if I were there 2,000 years ago announcing as an eyewitness the birth of Christ. And friends, I have to say, 40 years later, whoo, that's a long time. (laughs) I am that old. 40 years later, it's still so real and has made that lasting impact on my life. See, that's what God does. So then, as if being the priest of the day of the temple on that specific day was an ultimate calling enough, Zechariah is in the temple praying, offering incense, and then an angel, Gabriel, appears. And what does he say? Like all the other angels in the Bible, do not be afraid. And I'm sure he's a little bit afraid. But the angel says, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call him John. Now I can see Zachariah just standing there with the incense in his hand. Or maybe he's kneeling in prayer and he's just got to look up and go, say what? Come again? Maybe he's thinking he's is really older man and needs to check his hearing. But not losing that momentum, Gabriel goes on to tell Zechariah that he will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at the birth of his son. See, his son John will be great in the sight of the Lord and be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, going before Jesus, the Messiah, in the spirit and power of Elijah, in order to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." I feel like Zechariah, being priestly, may have just taken a beat. And said, you know, I got to think about this. And I got to process what what I'm being heard. But then he speaks. And maybe it was a time he should have kept silent. Because see, this man of God, whose name means remembered by Jehovah, and whose wife Elizabeth's name means oath of God, wants to know how it will be. Because he's an old man and his wife, as scripture says, was well advanced in years. So at least he said one right thing in that sentence. He didn't call Elizabeth his old lady. But Zechariah wants a sign. And this is where Gabriel, the messenger of God, I think he kind of loses his celestial cool and is probably like, hold my halo. Because then he says... I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. 
But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. So I'm thinking this is one loud because God said so. And if he wasn't made mute, it would have been beneficial for Zechariah just to take an oath of silence right then. But then Zechariah still needs to finish out his priestly duties for the day. Because see, after praying in the temple, he's to pray God's blessings over the people. You know, the one from Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The people waited and waited and knew something must be up. But then Zechariah appears and he can't speak. So they knew he must have seen a vision. So he used sign language with the people. And sign language was often accompanied with that blessing. And then he finishes up for the day and he goes home and Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Yet... Unlike Zechariah, who asked for a sign to believe, Elizabeth's faith causes her to believe, and she sings her praise of him. Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. See, this is a type of redemption for her, a miracle. She will no longer be known for being barren. This identity that has stuck with her her entire life until now. The Lord has remembered in making things new in her life. He's providing a child and he's using them as part of his plan of salvation. Friends, how many times... When we hear God speaking to us or a miracle that's right in front of us, do we question him? Or his answer to our prayer is not how and what we expected it to be. Do we resist? Do we want to know how that can be because I'm this or I'm that? Do we stop to be silent and listen to fully understand that God does all things and can do all things? And he doesn't need our human abilities at all. Zechariah was finding this out. Nine months of silence. For some of us, that's a blessing. I read about a man who said, my wife, my wife must be pregnant because she hasn't heard a word I've said for a very long time. We don't know what Zechariah did during that time. He was still a priest, so I'm sure he still had to offer prayers, maybe on a tablet or some way. And that's a stone tablet, not the tablet iPads that we have today. I'm sure he spent a lot of time reading and studying the Torah of writing and praying and listening. Perhaps this is the time when he really, really heard what other people were saying because the focus was truly on God and other people. I would imagine he spent some time preparing his home. And maybe he allowed himself to dream and envision a home filled with laughter and joy that this child is going to bring. 
Maybe he spent time in quiet thanksgiving, preparing his heart for this blessing of that life of being rich and holy. I would imagine he spent time seeking forgiveness for his doubt and repenting. And then John is born. And being honorable and keeping the Lord's commandments, they present him to the temple on the eighth day for circumcision. And the people gather to celebrate and they're ready for the name and they're wanting him to name him Zechariah after the father. But there will be no little Zach for them because Elizabeth insists, no, his name will be called John. They seem to want to silence her and they make signs to Zechariah for the name. But he's got his wife's back. And he affirms his faith in God by writing on a tablet, his name is John. And then I love how Luke takes a note from Mark and says, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosened and he spoke, praising God. This nine months of waiting, Zechariah spoke, or rather he sang I'm sure he danced a little bit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he sang. His song is known as the Benedictus. The Latin word for blessed. And this is how Zechariah begins his song. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. See, he's praising God for visiting his people, for remembering them and providing redemption for them. But it's not just for them, it's for all generations and all people. It's a covenant that God has made, this oath that began with Abraham. Then Zechariah sings of God's salvation, of victory, of assurance, of transformation, of fulfillment, the promises of God. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about hope and read 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God see God has saved us from our enemies he saved us from ourselves he saved us from sin and death he's come to us through Jesus Christ Emmanuel God with us this is salvation for our spiritual barrenness See, we have nothing to fear and we're free to worship and serve him. This is God's mercy, is unending love. See, God made a covenant and remembered. Do we remember? Then in praise of God, Zechariah sings to John. And I imagine in my mind, it's like that mother holding that newborn baby and singing lullabies. Zechariah, 
is holding his son. An answer to a prayer that he prayed many, many years ago. But God heard him. And he sings this blessing. And he sings to this baby. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. To give knowledge of salvation to the people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of God with which the day spring from on high is visited. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet in the way of peace. Do we sing blessings to others in our life? Do we affirm their calling? Do we offer light to the wilderness in someone else's life? Or perhaps see the light in the wilderness that we may be going through that God is providing. Do we provide it to our children, our family, our friends? Do we reach out with his light in the dark and ugly places of this world to those who are spiritually barren, who are in this wilderness? Are there people you know, or perhaps you don't know them yet, who need to know of God's mercy, his blessing? So are you willing to sing or are you going to keep silent? Do we remember that God has not only saved us from something, the penalty of sin and death and given us eternal life, but he has saved each and every one of us for something. He has a plan and a purpose for us even when we can't see it. And we should never doubt God's tremendous love for us. See, Elizabeth was barren and thought her time to have a baby was long gone. But God showed up in a miraculous way and she conceived. See, God is a God of surprises and he still works miracles today. And I ask you, is there a part of your life where you're barren? Is there a wilderness that you're going through? Do you feel forgotten? Are you doubtful? Just as God remembers, we need to remember that He has not forgotten. He has visited us through Jesus Christ. And He speaks to us. And he's telling us to hold tight to the faith. See, God doesn't always show up in the ways that we expect him to show up. See, Advent is this season of hope, regardless of what your situation is. And our hope is in Jesus, who was, who is, and who is to come. See God fulfilled the promise of giving us a savior. And God is going to keep that promise and fulfill it when Jesus comes again. Because God always says yes to his promise. 
His promise, fulfillment. See, Advent is also this time of waiting and watching, of singing praises, of being silent and listening. But are we letting the noise of the world and culture speak louder than God's voice? Are we doing all the talking? Are we spending enough time in silence in order to listen? But not only listen, but truly hear what God is saying when he says, I am here. I will never leave you or forsake you. Perhaps your song during this season of Advent needs to be Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. See, blessings are spoken loudly in silence and waiting. God remembers. My prayer is that each one of us will remember. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, in the waiting, in the watching, in the anticipation, in the hope that this Advent season brings to us, Lord, Help us to remember our oath and our promise to you that you are always faithful to us. So help us, Father, to be faithful to you. Help us to sit, be silent, and hear you speaking to us. Help us to remember, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.